Raji Sohal here, and you've been weighing in about that bus crash. I'm hearing from several of you who say, why was it open? Why was the highway open there? And that the onus shouldn't be on the driver, but it should be on the company for mandatory seatbelts. And also that we need to just close the highway down. You can continue to weigh in. It's Raji at cknw.com, R-A-J-I at cknw.com. And also we've been talking about whether that King Tide's going to make that comeback. And it doesn't look like it's going to break the record that we saw on Tuesday, but yes, parts of the seawall are closed right now and we're waiting to see how much of a factor the wind is going to be in the potential fallout from that king tide. We'll keep you guys informed about that. And this Christmas, a person in BC died while in custody at CBSA, the Canadian Border Services Agency. The agency did not and will not release their name or where they're from or why they were detained and how they died. Now, they are not the first to die while waiting in immigration detention. Since 2000, at least 17 others have died too. My guest is a lawyer and prof at UBC, Efrat Arbel. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. And thank you so much for taking the time today. So, you know, I read this story, and what's confusing about it for me is that and I think a lot of people, is that it runs counter to what most people think of when they imagine how immigrants and refugees are welcome to Canada. Before we dive into what happened in this case, in this case, could you first just explain what is immigration detention? Like, what is its purpose? How does it work? And, and why does it exist? Absolutely. So immigration detention is a regime whereby the Canada Border Services Agency, which is a federal agency, is empowered under Canadian law to detain non-citizens. This can be newcomers, refugees, migrants who just arrive in Canada, or anyone in Canada who is living here without citizenship status, including permanent residents. Immigration detention is a mechanism whereby those individuals, non-citizens, can be detained either in an immigration holding centre, which is where this tragic death took place, or in a provincial jail in a correctional facility. The reasons why migrants and non-citizens can be detained are broad and discretionary. Canadian law recognizes a variety of grounds that allow CBSA to make an arrest and a detention. The most common ground for detention is where the CBSA suspects that an individual might not show up for an immigration proceeding. So it's important to recognize that Unlike in the criminal law, where people are put in prisons or deprived of liberty with some measure of due process, so for example, they're charged, they're given uh, certain procedural protections, a right to a lawyer, a right to be presumed innocent, they must go through a trial and a process before there's a determination of guilt or innocence. In immigration detention, none of that exists. It's a discretionary decision made by the Canada Border Services Agency, Arrest and detention is automatic. There's very little information given to the detainee. Then very few means through which a detainee can contest their detention. Also, very importantly, unlike um, in in, uh, the criminal law, there are no time limits on detention. People are placed in detention and can stay there quite literally forever. There are no upper limits. There, are, there is just a, a procedure for mandatory review. But those who are held in there oftentimes come from situations of extreme trauma, arrive in Canada, seeking out a better life for themselves or their loved ones, 
are arrested, detained, given very little information, held in a cell without knowing why or what it is they need to do to get out or when it is that they will get out. It's a very, very harmful and deeply uh, problematic regime. It sounds dehumanizing. No limits, no laws. You said broad and discretionary reasons that don't have to be provided. It is a very dehumanizing regime. The grounds for detention um, exist in the legislation, but they are so broad and discretionary that it really is up to an individual officer's assessment as to whether or not that person should be detained. And the absence of any due process, any of the things that we typically associate with arrest and detention just don't exist in this part of the law. It's fundamentally dehumanizing and we have decades and decades and decades of research and advocacy and first-person testimonies recognizing the profound harms that that detention causes. We know that the longer people stay in detention, the more they suffer. We know that the absence of time limits, for example, wreaks havoc on the human mind. We know that some of the harms that occur in detention can cause cognitive damage that can be long-lasting and even permanent. And we know that the conditions of detention are so awful, so challenging, and so dehumanizing that detention drives people towards self-harm, towards suicide, and towards um, uh, you know, true devastating anguish. And so somebody trying to immigrate to Canada, I mean, many people in the general public think that someone trying to come to Canada can come here very easily on refugee status. They're not aware of this whole detention process. And with the case that I mentioned that happened on Christmas Eve, we yeah. it's enshrouded in secrecy. If the CBSA isn't releasing any information about the person who died, the circumstances around that death, all they're releasing is that someone has died. What do you think that leads Canadians to believe about our system? It's a very challenging question. And to go to your earlier point, um, many Canadians really don't uh, realize that immigration detention exists. And part of that is because the regime, the entirety of the regime, is very much shrouded in secrecy. We have this image of Canada as a welcoming nation. And in some respects, that is very true. There are aspects of our immigration and refugee protection laws that are progressive and that do offer meaningful protection to some. But there are other aspects of our laws, and immigration detention stands out as one of them, that are hostile, that are dehumanizing, and that cause fundamental harms. As to the secrecy that shrouds this particular death, this is not the first instance this has happened. As you said in your introduction, um, we've, we're aware of numerous deaths that have taken place in immigration detention, one in a Quebec holding center just earlier this year in January. And the Canada Border Services Agency has not released information either about the death that occurred in January or this tragic death that occurred on Christmas Day. And that's a fundamental problem. And I should say, of course, it is really important to, to, to protect the privacy of the individual who is deceased and to safeguard their privacy and the privacy of their family. But it is also important to release information to hold CBSA accountable for this loss and to honor the life of the individual who is deceased, to recognize them as a human being who may or may not have had a family, 
who, uh, you know, came here in Canada for, for a reason, seeking a better life for themselves and to honor that life by, by treating the individual as a human and not as a statistic. Hey there, Raji Sohal here filling in for Mike and my guest is a lawyer and professor at UBC, Dr. Efrat Arbel. Efrat, we're talking about how a person died while in custody at CBSA, the Canadian Border Services Agency, and the agency hasn't released any information about the detainee's death, what caused it, or any information about why they were detained. We, We don't know anything and a lot of people listening to this right now are going, how is it allowed to be so secret? And don't we have the right to know? I would agree with that. So there's a, a, a fundamental problem with having a public institution like the Canada Porter Services Agency that detains people on on behalf of the state, on behalf of Canadians. And yet Canadians are provided very little information as to what goes on. And this extends not just to deaths in detention, but to the daily operations in detention um, and important information about the ins and outs of the detention system. It is shocking that someone could lose their life while in custody and that the public will have so little information that the Canada Border Services Agency has literally just released a statement that is several sentences long, just stating that an individual has died without providing any further details. My concern here is first the the dehumanization of the individual in question, the fact that they are, are just this nameless, faceless individual, and also the accountability piece. We know that deaths and detention continue to occur, and yet without any information, we don't know why it is that they're occurring or what it is that needs to change for these deaths to stop. Yeah, it's alarming. So uh, some people will also wonder... Is that was there information that the CBSA had as their reason to detain this person and others? Basically, people are wondering: Are the detainees have they been determined to be criminals? Is that why they're being detained? No. So the immigration detention is not part of the criminal law. Um, there is no determination of guilt or innocence or criminality in immigration detention. The vast majority of people who are detained are detained for administrative reasons. And the greatest uh, or the largest category of detainee is individuals who the CBSA suspects might not show up to an immigration proceeding. So these are families. These are uh, refugees who are arriving in Canada seeking protection uh, they come from all over the world in various circumstances, and um, uh, rarely do, do, are, is there any uh, connection to criminality or, um, or any sort of violation of the law. And the uh, reason this is so troubling is that the, the infrastructure of immigration detention is not part of the criminal law and yet functions like the criminal law. We are quite literally locking people up in correctional facilities, in jails. They are shackled. They are demeaned. They're shackled? They are subject to solitary confinement. They are subject to some of the harshest penalties that the criminal law allows, and yet without any due process, without any determination of guilt or innocence, without any procedural protections, and oftentimes without any, any human being knowing that they're there. 
the information provided to detainees is minimal. Many who are just recently arrived in Canada don't have a, a proficiency in English, aren't able to access legal assistance, aren't able to access mental health support, and remain in detention without knowing, first of all, why it is that they're detained or how long they'll stay there. You mentioned some detainees might be shackled, and this is without any kind of due process. Yes. So those who are held in correctional facilities and provincial jails are subject to the exact same treatment as uh, the prison population. They must wear the prison garb. They're subject to double bunking, to lockdowns, and in certain situations to solitary confinement. We are also aware of shackling taking place in the immigration holding center in certain situations. The conditions really are dehumanizing, degrading, and extremely, extremely challenging. So Efra, how will this change? How will this system change? Because you, you obviously believe it should. Yes, this is a, this is a moment of, of significant advocacy um, in opposition to immigration detention. So the, um, uh, we've had advocacy on this topic for many, many, many years, but recently Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch launched a campaign known as Welcome to Canada. Uh, for those who are interested, the website is uh, a Welcome to Canada, uh, very easy to find, um, advocating for the Canadian government to gradually um, eliminate immigration detention and to begin by addressing its most challenging, most harmful, most problematic aspects. So the campaign began with a push to end the incarceration of detainees in provincial jails. And we had some good news in that British Columbia became the first province in Canada to recognize and to put an end to the practice of detaining detainees in provincial jails. What this means is that uh, within a year of this announcement, so as of next summer, it will no longer be possible for the Canada Border Services Agency to detain non-citizens in jails. In British Columbia and three other provinces have made similar announcements. The problem, however, is that immigration detention as a regime, as an infrastructure, does remain intact. The immigration holding center here in Surrey, where this tragic death took place, does remain open. And detainees do continue to be held there under the same grounds with the same structural problems. And so we do have seen some significant progress on this front and meaningful engagement on behalf of rights groups, on behalf of former detainees, on behalf of lawyers and advocates and medical professionals and artists from across the country who have come together to really demand that these horrific practices come to an end. But there's still a long way to go. Efrat, thanks so much for educating us and offering all that insight on this topic for us. Thank you for covering this important subject. Have a happy new year. You as well. Thanks so much.